If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige podcast. Uh, today, we're doing the 1971 The French Connection. Uh, I guess we're on a Gene Hackman kick after Hoosiers. This movie, we just we just missed its 50th anniversary, too. It came out in October of 1971. It's directed by William Friedkin, uh, who also did 1973's The Exorcist. He also did Blue Chips, which is a Nick Nolte film. It's a lightly fictionalized account of Bobby Knight, as far as I can tell, is where I remember as, uh, watching as a kid. And Rules of Engagement, which is some kind of uh, army film involving Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Sam Jackson that I have not seen. It's a screenplay based on Ernest Tideman, best known for his novels featuring the Afri- African-American detective John Shaft. Shaft! Something of a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It's based on The French Connection by Robin Moore, uh, which purports to be a true story of drugs, crime, in the 70s, in the, in the 60s and 70s. It stars Gene Hackman as Detective Jimmy Popeye Doyle and Rob Scheider as Detective Buddy Cloudy Russo. Um, this film is interesting to me because, number one, we, we were kind of interested in doing some, some Hackman stuff, seeing some of the Hackman's prime. Mm-hmm. And two, this thing was n- constantly name-checked by Vince Gilligan on the breaking bad podcast. Like every time there was a Walt and Hank scene in, in particular. Uh, in fact, I think that this, this was some, there was the, this actually came up on the show. Like Hank and Walt were discussing that scene where Popeye just misses the guy in the train and the guy smiles and waves. And um, that was constantly mentioned as like some of the, the inspiration of the tension of those scenes. Um, what did you think when you sat down to watch this 50 year old movie? Uh, I had heard of it before. And so, you know, I knew it was a, a well-respected movie, uh, of its era. I didn't really know what year it was. I wasn't sure if it was like before Jaws, Scheider, after Jaws, Scheider. Uh, this might be the only other movie I've ever seen him in, but, um, I, I didn't know much about it. I knew that it was, you know, cops and de- detectives, whatever, trying to, catch a criminal but i didn't know that its reputation was hey it has some of the best chase scenes and some of the best like cat and mouse stuff of the era um and so i guess i was impressed by that part of it and sort of impressed by the style of it i think it does have a very kinetic style in its chase scenes oh yeah and also that's the word kinetic the, the, the music the music lends like a lot of that vibe to it um I really like the music, but overall, I didn't care much for this movie. It wasn't doing a lot. I've seen a thousand movies just like this since that have done it better, have built on what the French Connection did in ways that impressed me far more than anything this movie could do because it's 50 years old, you know? Yeah, I think that I largely agree. I thought this movie got started slow. Um and I also throughout the first 30 or 40 minutes, I kept on thinking, am I missing something? Am I missing something? Am I because the, the, 
the the plot is told in a not very handholdy kind of way. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. And I, I kept on like, am I? And I felt like I was constantly missing something because there's French subtitle stuff, and there's like I, I had a hard time. And then then the people are referring to these characters by name, and they're pronounced differently in French than they are like out of Gene Hackman's <laughs> mouth. And like it, it sure. I, I felt a little hard to follow, but no, I think I got, I think I got all the plot. Um, but but yeah, the the pacing is interesting because it is relentless. Like this is you know once the movie gets going, like fifteen minutes into it, it's essentially one long chase scene. Yeah, that like as Robert Ebert says, sometimes the pace accelerates, sometimes it slows down, sometimes it goes breakneck. But it's just always like this this constant hunt, this constant hunt. And I thought that was interesting, and and I thought that um the visual style like there's some really like even today would be impressive shots of like you know dolly shots of gene hackman running down a crowded uh manhattan subway tunnel and mm-hmm. you know the 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 field the, the field craft the spy craft of like tailing someone making someone all that stuff i thought was done done really well and and and, and then of course when it comes to car chase this has got one of the one of the you know top five car chases and it's a novel one because I yeah. was expecting like a bullet style uh, Matt Damon you know like one guy chasing another or one guy trying to get away from the cops did not anticipate seeing someone racing an L train yeah but holy hell it was it, it, it's a great chase despite that um, but yeah there was something a little kind of cold and bloodless plus like there's also something there's a little bit of like what feels like naivete Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, fifty years on from the war on drugs and all that stuff, there's a little bit of like kind of naive, but then it also is kind of like grows up in a hurry in the last five minutes of the film, as like you know mm-hmm. you you really see Gene Hackman's character compromised, and then the after you know the 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 what do they call those things where they have like the story cards that flash at the end that tell you how everybody thing winded up. I'm like okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a pretty cynical modern take on a crime film. Why the fuck did you know how, how did the war on drugs like get out of its first ten years of existence? People knew it was this futile because <laughs> films don't make law, I guess. Right. Yeah. And yeah. apparently don't don't do a damn thing to influence public opinion either. Mm-hmm. Um. But I enjoyed that. But the thing I enjoyed the most was the clear references and inspirations from one of my favorite television shows of all time, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start? Uh, well, maybe we should just give a loose outline of the plot for Picos. I imagine there's a lot of people who haven't seen this film. Yeah. Um, and it is like one that's like, you know, it's like hard to recommend. But I do think if you want to see a movie that influenced so many, you know, modern crime films there, you, you, you will see it here. And there's enough. Like I said, the car, the car chase alone is kind of worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. Um. This is a film about the uh, early days of the drug wars in the 60s and 70s. They're trying to interdict the heroin entering into uh, New York. And apparently uh, a lot of this heroin was coming in through France in various different ways. And this is purports to be a real life story of a narcotics officer in New York um, that's working to shut down this, this, this French connection and it's 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 like a, a condensed version of the wire you've got wiretapping you've got you know people eavesdropping on conversations you got people following and looking for drops you got people tearing apart cars looking for drugs 
Um, you got fist fights and shootouts. Holy shit! There's actually a, a almost like a Vietnam battalion war scene in the middle of this film <laughs> uh, between the cops and robbers. Um, and that's it. That's it. Will Gene Hackman catch the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, are there bad guys? Are there good guys? Is 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 uh, modern crime enforcement and justice system even even a thing? Uh, let's talk about the film. Um, I want to talk about the Breaking Bad stuff. Okay. What all homages and inspirations jumped out at you? Uh, I'm pretty sure Gene Hackman's wearing a pork pie hat in this. Am I wrong about that, or is this like a? It's very similar. No, I think I think yeah, like I I think um, I know I'm not sure if I remember Vince Gilligan specifically citing the inspiration, but he essentially took the hero in this movie and gave him the uh, the 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 the, and and gave it to the bad guy, gave it to Heisenberg. But the, yeah, the Heisenberg hat is is on display through like ni- it's ninety percent of the time Gene Hackman's wearing it on his damn head. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I I can't remember what Mike's car is in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, but I swear one of these cars is the exact car because these are all someone might have driven an, an, an LTD a limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. um the other thing is like just the dynamic between Hank and Walt. Like mm-hmm. Hank is a lot like Gene Hackman. Like they when you're introduced to Hank, Hank is sloppy, Hank is lazy, Hank is content to rip and roll minor meth dealers, you know, that like they're just out of high school and they're they're dumb, they don't know what they're doing. Um and I feel like they they are painting a picture of Popeye Doyle as that too. That he's just, you know, he's fucked up bus and he's fucked up evidence and he's maybe too violent um, and he's not a very good cop and he's having extraordinary pressure to get a big bust or what he's going to be transferred or he's in some kind of nebulous yeah. trouble with the, the cop. And that reminded me a lot of um, that the Hank and also just how fucking mad and obsessed that uh, Popeye gets uh, with the with the, the frogs he's hunting. Yeah, you know that scene where I I I actually think that's my favorite scene in the movie where this guy is just give just giving him the slip, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. he's fallen on the he he's been made, he's fallen him on the train, he's trying to break contact and like all the different things you can do that. And I, I I thought that was that was really cool and the scene where he finally pulls it off and I, I was like, man, as a cop, why would you show the bad guy how pissed off you are? But he's like. <laughs> right. Pitching a fucking whole fit on the subway platform, you know, uh-huh. um, twisting his head. But that all feeds into like the frankly insane behavior he gets up to the end of the film because he will do anything to keep from being embarrassed and humiliated again. Um, yeah, I feel I, I feel like, like though that they kind of ignore the obvious in that scene, which is just get him at the next stop and get him at the next stop becomes a thing later in the movie. So I kind of was wondering why why doesn't he's got a phone right there right like he steps off the subway to make a fake phone call just call call your cop buddies and say he's going to the x stop meet him there and that's the other things because he can't arrest him he didn't have the information he was trying to get the information just trying to tell him not not kind of of him yeah yeah um I just thought there's a lot of that in like um, how Walt would bait Hank into making a mistake and that would buy him another season of yeah. like, you know, Hank not being suspicious of him or something like he would just because I don't I think right. Doyle is kind of a bad cop. Like he's got good instincts, <laughs> but he's just lazy and impatient. And they 
don't don't you think that they were drawing a clear comparison between the Doyle, the Popeye Doyle character, and uh, the French Connections American guy? That like he was, they 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 were both like made for each other. Like they're both wanting to cut corners. They're both impatient, wanting to you know wanting that big bust versus wanting that big payday. And like the experienced commander and drug runner is like you need to lay back and like the money's going to yeah. be there tomorrow and or the train will be at the next stop and they both fucking just head 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 first self-destructively pursue pursue these these dreams that they're chasing yeah no you're probably right um i i don't know that that scene is definitely the best scene in the movie in my opinion it's it's even better than the chase scene that comes later with the runaway train Mm. i think it's Uh, close because because it's it's more clever certainly right i mean there's i i really liked the dynamic of the guy knowing the 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 french guy knowing that he's being tailed popeye knowing that the french guy knows he's being tailed and and all the cards are on the table here right it's just like which one of these guys can trick the other into moving out of position um it's yeah it's it's like uh (laughs) in american gladiators when you when you've got to get the ball from one side of the the field and slam dunk it in the goal in the other. And you got, you got blaze and you got ball smacker ball crusher, I think is one of yeah, them uh-huh. between you blaze and the goal. And you did not want to get, take that field and see blaze and ball crusher together. Oh my God. No. And, and you head fake one of them and you spin around the other and you made it right. Like it's, it's that dynamic, like just tricking the other person into being out of position enough that you can get out of the situation. Yeah, yeah, the fake outs around the trash cans and getting on and getting off the uh-huh. cars and I there's even like a really clever shot where the bad guy waits on a corner that I think he knows is one of those like like two picture windows transparent so when Gene Hackman keeps watching he's kind of like caught. He gets he rounds a corner and like, "Oh shit." And he, they they like kind of briefly make eye contact and it's like, "Guy made him." Um yeah. I I really like um it's one of the reasons I like spy films. I don't like spy films so much for the shoot 'em up shoot 'em up pow pow, mm-hmm. but like the dead drops and the codes yeah. and yeah. And just the, sh- the 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 really most of the spycraft stuff is just discipline. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do these crazy things, these unnatural things every day the same way, and if you ever stop and you ever take a shortcut, that's when they get you. Yeah. And the fact that like 99 out of times out of 100 no one's watching but you got to maintain that discipline. Mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating. Um, and kind of almost things, the same way of like a three hour race where guys going 200 miles an yeah, hour, yeah. just turning left the whole time. Like that's like mind numbingly boring, but also mm-hmm. like life. And I think that's the kind of stuff is really fascinating that maintaining an edge in those extreme conditions. Yeah. And when you condense it down to, you know, a five, 10 minute scene here, uh, it is exciting. It is very exciting. One thing that they did throughout this movie that I didn't quite understand, maybe you have some ideas, is they constantly drop the dialogue out, which I think is supposed to make you feel like you're one of the agents that are tailing or you're somebody because yeah. you're like constantly trying to strain to see if you're missing something or you feel like, you know, like, oh, these are the two bad guys that are having a conversation. Am I missing something? Or the two bad guys point of view looking at Gene Hackman and his partner discussing, are they missing something? Mm-hmm. Um, but then during the famous car chase, they also just show so many scenes of Gene Hackman wordlessly screaming and swearing in the car cabin uh-huh. that I'm not sure it was thematic and it's just, they didn't have people mic'd up and they didn't want to do ADR. Uh, 
No, I, I immediately noticed it. It's the first thing I noticed in this movie is that they would shoot scenes where people are clearly talking without dialogue in them. Um, and and I I was questioning, yeah, what what is this about? And I think it gets to some kind of level of like almost around the conversation. That's another Hackman movie that we watched not too long ago, um, which the whole aesthetic of that is is exactly that, right? Yeah. It's like spot hearing conversations, piecing together things. Um, bits of conversation you hear. I don't think this movie is really trying to get there, but it does something interesting with its aesthetic, with its like, I guess sound aesthetic um, that, that made me feel like, yeah, I was part of this. Uh, I, I don't even want to call it spying ring. It's not, it's, they're not spying. Sting. They're just like, yeah, it's yeah a cat and mouse game. operation, whatever it is. Yeah. Maybe and actually now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the Gene Hackman screaming and swearing in the car is to put you in like a pedestrian perspective of like I'm just <laughs> staying on the side of the road and this guy is driving down like a maniac. What is he doing? What he's not even chasing like and you look on the street, it's like, what the fuck? There's no one obviously is chasing and look back and there's no one chasing him. What the yeah. hell is he doing? And he's chasing the the train that's racing above. Um I like that they put him in a civilian car for that because he doesn't have sirens. He doesn't have any way to communicate. Hey, I'm a cop doing this. I'm like, I have the law on my side. He's just a maniac in those scenes. He's a maniac. Who? What he does have is the horn <laughs> to use his constantly. The, the horn is almost funny. Like uh-huh. he uses it like the siren. He's just her, 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 <laughs> for five minutes. That does he does not stop honking this thing. Yeah. The, did you do it? So, so this is the famous fa- the famous race that this movie's this based around. It's the him versus the L train, oh, uh, right. the runaway L train. Did you do any research about this? No. So apparently, uh, they they arranged this stunt driving thing where they were like arranging all these like near misses, and um, I, I want to talk about the camera effects that they used to pull that off. But in the wide shots, uh, I guess the stunt driver lost control of the car and actually smashed into things several times. Nice. And they decided it looked so cool that they just left it. So, like, there's authentic car crashes in this movie. <laughs> and it looks it looks cool. It's the it's like the car chase equivalent of like an Indiana Jones scene where Gene Hackman. I don't he's not a professional stunt driver. He's not like this 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 cop is just doing whatever he can to keep up with this train. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple scenes that really work where there's like this weird POV shot um, that I hear that they undercrank the camera for to really the, the, the increase the sense of speed. Yeah. But they're doing, you know, he's driving around to fruit stands and stuff, but they do like, you know, lady crossing with the, uh, uh, a baby carriage. And I'm like, Oh my God, I think Gene Hackman's just going to run this baby over. And what is he going to do then? Mm hmm. He doesn't, <laughs> but they constantly play with that. And and, and, and it, it yeah. pays off. They actually pays off in like, oh, my God, he actually did that moment. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, all the camera techniques that they used and like the real crashes, um, like you said, the civilian cars and it was these crowded streets. Like, did they get permits for this or did they just kind of <laughs> just, just like just run this down underneath the, the Brooklyn L train? Um, it. I, I thought it definitely and the thing is it happened late in the movie because like the whole time I'm like well where's this famous car chase where's this famous car chase mm-hmm. I almost had talked myself into like you must have misremembered you you gotten huh. something can, but but like it, it hits like at the 75% mark and it is it is it is something it is something else yeah 
uh it's real good i i felt for the guy whose car he stole although well stole the commandeered um stole, <laughs> stole. destroyed sure yeah, hey well, man why am i gonna get this back <laughs> yeah never <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. almost better that he did destroy this card so thoroughly and completely because like otherwise what do you what do you get a compensation for like a transmission that's going to go out in six oh, months because no he fucked yeah, it like, up uh, yeah. your, your pistons are all damaged at this point because of how hard he revved your fucking engine your tires yeah, he, are ruined he, your he, brakes he are a, shot you took a red line for, for, for five <laughs> right? minutes yeah you're never going to get compensated for that but, but it, when he fucking totals it yeah, you could probably get compensated for that. At least he's getting a new car out of that. Yeah. So good um, for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just thought that like again, I, I can't oversell how much it looked like there was real danger. You know, they used with like a little yeah. bit of a zoom lens, a little bit of a low POV, a little bit of undercranking, and it just gave gives you this effect of him just barely making through traffic from a first person view. It's like one of those things where like uh, it triggered that like grab the dash reflex of me. Yeah, like I was reaching for the oh Jesus handle on the side of the like because it's like you feel like a passenger driving with a maniac mm-hmm. and they constantly show like Gene Hackman's silent like impotent face of rage as he's screaming and yelling and, and getting frustrated and and uh, it, it's, it's such a great it's such a great linear progression of him getting going over the line. Like yeah. it starts with him stamping and acting like a jackass on the subway platform. He he beats this train to the next stop and he thinks he's got him. And then the train blows through the stop because this other guy's commandeered the whole fucking train, the, mm-hmm. matching his insanity. And uh, and it leads up to where Gene Hackman kills that guy in cold blood, right? Uh, yes. I I mean, sure. Yeah, he shoots. Him Although in the back. I guess. I was trying to think because my first thought was like, oh, wow, he's crossed the line. But I'm like, I guess if this guy, he's already killed like what a train conductor, two cops and stuff. So like maybe you can mm-hmm. authorize the use of deadly force because what this guy takes over another subway. Maybe a thousand people die. Well, but he um, can't know that, right? He's not on that train. I guess that's true. He doesn't know because does he not have a radio? I guess he wouldn't in the 70s have a radio like that. You need a car based radio. I mean, I. Yeah, I, I would. And even if he could have a radio, where's he going to carry it while he's tailing a guy, right? He's going to have one of those yeah. shoulder mounted radios. Be yeah. like. Although I, I, I thought he knew something was up when the train didn't stop. When yeah, the, plane, the train up, just goes tearing through the station. Knows that he's murdered people. But but still, yeah, he's he's a criminal who's fleeing. I like I don't shoot him in the back, maybe, but also keep chasing him. Mm hmm. He's he's clearly gonna get away. Oh no no no! So that whole that whole chase. Never mind. That whole chase starts with him shooting at him from the the rooftop. He, he tries to snipe him to death, right? And he does kill somebody. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. So that's he right. totally knows. He this is justified. Yeah. 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 Even if the guy's running away, like you, you set up a sniper nest and start taking pot shots at people and that's, murder somebody in the street. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Some lady got it. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, this, you know, stay away from the body, don't help her, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, that was that was a pretty intense scene too. Also, I did not expecting um, what an athletic performance that uh, Gene Hackman puts in. Yeah, I, like what, he is, he? he was. So he and I share a birthday, which is crazy. Um, except he we're fifty two years apart, exactly. <laughs> uh, he was born in nineteen. Oh God, he's ninety. Yeah, he's ninety one years old, going on ninety two. 
So he was 41 in this movie. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, not bad for a 41-year-old man. I'm not sure I could run like that, and I'm only just going on 40. Yeah. So. Running guys down on foot in a Santa Claus costume? I thought that was like, I yeah. wish I, like, you know, it looks like uh, Santa with this tracking down his naughty list or something. Um, but yeah, he did like in that, that scene where he's, uh, evading the sniper, he did like a pretty, some pretty impressive combat roles and jumping over railings. And I don't know if some of that was stuntman work or or not, but it looked like Gene Hackman rolling around Mm -hmm. and doing somersaults and shit. Uh, one other breaking bad thing that I noticed in this movie is the, the drug testing they were doing felt like very crystal blue persuasion kind of, yeah not glamorizing it so much, but like taking its time showing you how this process works with. And probably something that most American audiences would feel like, you know, like you have no idea what it looks like to uh, like what a meth lab looks like. Right. And then breaking bad shows you like this idea of doing the drug test and like 180, Mm -hmm. we're going into orbit. 190, we're blasting off. Oh, and just like like taking the thermometer and putting a rubber band around it and putting a needle on the front of it. And it shows you all this right with the the beakers and the the mineral oils and tinctures. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's felt insider. Like, you know, like if you're like a middle American audience, like, oh, I'm watching a drug movie, you know? (laughs) I mean, tell me that that the cooking in the camper uh, doesn't get directly inspired by this scene. Oh, 100%. The close up insert and the, yeah, all the, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, is Gene Hackman secretly the king of all voyeur movies? Like yes. who else you got in that race? You got uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Uh, you, you know, I'm 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 yeah, yeah, rear window, yeah, yeah, rear window. Jimmy Stewart, uh, Jimmy Stewart, thank you. Uh, Gene Hackman, like, in the conversation was like 1972, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, or it might, that might have been right. later because it looked like Gene Hackman was uh That's older in that movie. Pretty early, I thought. 1974. Yeah. So three. So yeah, like in, in essentially back to back movies, he's in uh, things about Gene Hackman invading people's privacy. Yeah. He was uh, just really into the the whole thing. You know, he was on the wrong. He was life. on. He was on the wrong side of the law in the other movie. Or I guess he was a contractor rather than mm-hmm. uh, an officer of the law. But um, I thought that was a funny scene, too. The, the him and Roy Scheider, like listening in to the stupid conversations of the criminals and laughing their ass off to uh-huh. Jet. I did notice you mentioned the music, which I think in this movie is excellent. It starts off just like punching you in the face. Like there's no studio logo. There's nothing. It's just loud noises, music. Um, But I I thought there was a lot of like cowboy bebop in this movie or maybe cowboy bebop's got a lot of this in its movie. Jazz, jazz feel to it. Um, Directly propelling the action forward, you know, making it snappy. mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I really like the music. It's not conventional. I think that's another thing that that Breaking Bad kind of did too, right? It doesn't have a conventional like soundtrack with with you know strings and then uh, have a big choir or whatever. Or uh, it's it's using a lot of sort of natural sounds as music. Um, that's that's probably part partly inspired by this movie as well. The the last big theme, I don't know if you have any others, the last big theme I want to talk about uh, before I just have some, I guess, random observations is this war on drugs. 
Yeah. You know, like I know this isn't the first, I think you had bullet is about around the same time, uh, which I also haven't seen. I haven't either, but they were kind of like, you know, these, um, and then the, the, these kind of, kind of crime movies peak in the late seventies and eighties with the increasing, uh, crime, the decreasing crime and violence we saw in the cities. Gee, I wonder if there's a casual link between the prohibition and this. And, and maybe it, it made me think about two things. One, it feels like these cops and robber movies are generated by times of prohibition like you got mm-hmm. elliot ness and the untouchables and dick tracy and all the mobster movies of the 30s and 40s as a reaction to prohibition yeah and then you got away from that then you had like westerns and war movies and things like that and then sure enough in the late 60s 70s with the war on drugs starting and the panic over that you started getting stuff like this um there's something like kind of charmingly naive, like the fact that the, the 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 feel of this movie is that the cops have almost won the drug war. They've got <laughs> sure. the, the the New York is a heroin desert. Mm-hmm. The junkies are out there. They're like, if one more week of no heroin, and they're going to go clean and sober and start produ- like being actively pr- productive to society again. Yeah. This goddamn French connection. These 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 goddamn French bastards. We can keep out of the city. We've done it. We've done it. Um, but it's wild because like four fifths of the movie feels very raw, raw kind of Sicario. Like uh, the, we're, we're, you know, less cynical Sicario. We're doing the right thing. It's cap, you know, like, uh, Elliot Ness against obviously bad guy. Um, but then Gene Hackman starts like kills a federal agent <laughs> because uh-huh. he's sloppy. Um, and then the final title cards where essentially Pat's, Patsy's went down and did like unjust amounts of like the guy that gets tricked into taking a car across the ocean. It happens to be stuffed full of heroin. He didn't know that, right? Like that guy literally so. was just taken advantage of. Yeah, I think he gets so. like five years in prison. Uh, the one guy gets killed and the guy who's making the money and, and is at the top of the thing. He gets off scot free. Yeah. And uh, Royce Castle in France. It, in France and Roy Scheider and Gene Hackman get reassigned and taken off the, the, the narc force. And I'm like, right. That's actually a surprisingly sophisticated, nuanced and cynical take on the war on drugs for 1971. But mm-hmm. it happens all at the end of the film. Well, I think there's uh, other stuff in there too. Like I I'm yeah. with you. Like most of the movie feels like the cops think they've beaten it, but there's also the scene where he goes into the black bar and just starts roughing people up and starts. Oh yeah. It's all a cover to talk to his informant. But also if you look at the, the drugs that are lined up on that, that bar, um, cause he shakes mm-hmm. everybody down, right? He tests everybody yeah, up yeah, against yeah, the yeah. wall. He says, put all your shit. Everybody starts dropping their stuff on the floor. It's all pills and, and, and just mm-hmm. like, Tons of drugs, tons of drugs. Everybody's yeah, got you, drugs. Yeah, pills. Just not you got powder, and you also have catnip. You know, like <laughs> which sure. is supposed to be weed, I think, in baggies. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but but it's all there are still tons of drugs. It's just okay. So nobody has heroin. Now right. people are popping pills. Now people are smoking weed. Now people are doing any other thing they can get their hands on. Because what you're doing here is. You're you're trying to eliminate a human behavior that has, you know, causes and symptoms that you're not even addressing or not even considering addressing. So, like, yeah, I I think the movie is trying to say that, 
okay, maybe they've squashed heroin because they've taken all their laser focus and put it onto heroin. And that's the one thing that hmm. they've kept out. But everybody's got everything else. They've just moved from heroin to something else. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess when I think about like also um, the corrosive elements of this 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 drug trade, you know, um, that like Gene Hackman, yeah, it is it is like all a sham. But like these attitudes, these essentially racist attitudes of 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 the, the the police, and it's not like specifically racist, but like, hey, there's drug trades in these neighborhoods. These neighborhoods tend to be a certain disposition, and we're increasing our crime, uh, police action there, and that increases how much crime we've. Like you can see how, um, and this is something that like if you're a fan of the wire, you know, like that, like it seems like one of the thesis is that the war on drugs is what made cops kind of like sloppy and lazy. That like the even even Gene Hackman's commander screaming at the beginning of the movie. It's like all you guys are doing is like ripping off junkies yeah. and calling it a big bust. Like you're not doing anything and attacking at the source. And yeah, you're just inflating um, your numbers. That's it. But I, I think what they didn't know then that we do know now and we're still doing it is like whatever the government interdicts is just going to be vastly overwhelmed by the flood that comes in because like all you need is yeah. one kind of foolish young man or woman to you know take a kilo in the briefcase or you know what like there's so many ways you can smuggle this in and even if the government gets 50 percent, the profit margins are so much that like it's just never ever going to stop um no the demand is there the demand is there supply will meet it and that the the fact that there's people out there like you know filling their veins full of junk and wasting their lives is not because of the availability of this drug it's because of other issues and if you if if all the junkies like ran out of heroin like you said they'd move on to pills or they'd move on to uh alcohol and they or they move on to you know huff and paint or whatever you know like they'll Mm -hmm. go to wherever and you can't interdict it all all the time not in a free society no um but yeah, that's the thing. It's like so it's like watching this like frozen in in uh in amber movie and it feels relevant, but it's depressing instead of like it's depressing because it's 1971 and somebody is is talking about this and pointing it out and here we are in 2021 and yeah. We're just now getting to a place where people even consider this to be a huge problem, right? Like yeah, yeah. I, like looking at I, looking in the back 90s, at all people the people were talking done. about how bad this was um the drug yeah. war was for our society right yeah because we were still learning like you know the i still don't know that we've learned a lesson like you know the next designer drug that comes out or um you know is the next thing that people get panicked about um it doesn't seem like and, and even like as we get a little bit more laxer on like marijuana it seems like there's no movement on any of the other stuff and now fentanyl's and everything it's just fucking crazy right uh, uh, it's like are are we just designing a system that pushes people toward uh, abusing the drugs that they that the government sanctions <laughs> like okay yeah. you're going to abuse the alcohol okay you're going to abuse the opioids uh mm-hmm. because these are things, things that are you can get without smuggling perfectly capable of fucking up people's lives oh yeah for sure um here's an open question i have every time i watch a movie from the 60s and 70s did people just not know what blood looked like mm, bright red bright bright red. like the the, the blood I'm, I'm holding up a pair of scissors this is the color of of, of blood in this movie uh-huh like oh i just got shot in the head like what what <laughs> 
I blame what Dawn of the Dead. I know that was that was much later. Uh, it has bad blood. Yeah, you're right. I almost wonder if it's intentionally fake. Like the audiences, mm-hmm. if they actually had real blood, would have like passed the fuck out or like rioted or something. Because there's no way that they just didn't know what blood looked like. Yet, super unrealistic. <laughs> Every single time I see it, it's it is, crazy. Yeah. It's like stop motion Play-Doh blood. I have a question have- for you. Yeah. Uh, what? the absolute hell does picking your feet in Poughkeepsie mean this movie did not give me the context to appreciate what the hell he's talking about I think he's talking about something uncouth or backwards like someone from Poughkeepsie which is that like a was that known as a kind of a like what kind of town is Poughkeepsie is it like a bumpkin town and you're picking your feet like it's like uncouth to take your and that implies that you've taken your shoes and socks off in a public area and you're picking at your toes and you're, you're going at the toe knife like always sunny or some shit. They say I, it a couple of times. Yeah. In this movie. And I did not get it. I did not get that either. Um, is it a hateful stereotype to show French people literally skipping through the streets of France uh, with naked baguettes? Uh, no, no. Not at all. Um, the French society bo- revolves so around open air baguettes. bread. It's not wrapped up. There's no paper. Oh, oh, is you're it just apocryphal? you just you just got a you just uh, you just got a man with unwashed hands grab handling your bread, grabbing your hand at bread, and then skipping through the streets with a big old three foot long baguette, just just carrying it through the streets. Look, uh, 1971. You know, this is before the AIDS epidemic. I think people were a lot less cautious about how they handled their, their primary vector of AIDS is is un, unsafe baguette handling. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, they're 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 elongated cylindrical uh, foods. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I thought that that uh, it was very distracting. Like just people walking around with the with the you put it in a bag. You know, uh, you love your bread so much, take care of it. Yeah, I don't know. I objected far more to the use of the word frog uh, in this movie. I I would mm. say that's that's as you know not as bad given the social context or cultural context it has here, but pr- pretty bad. It's 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 someone can no easier change their nationality than they can their race. I always thought frog was, but I don't know. Like, I feel like all the slurs for European white people are just like, no one takes seriously in this country anymore. So sure. until that changes, it's like, you know, it's like, lot, yeah, frog crap, you know, I mean, how many French people, but, uh, I'm a German yeah, kraut, whatever, you know, uh, what else? I Cause I, I'm I kind of call anyone, I'm, any of those names, but okay. You wouldn't No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. Gee whiz. I thought we were good friends, Jim. I thought you could call me your kraut. But uh, no, only if we're you know, we could... if we're in a barbershop and you've got a German <laughs> haircut guy <laughs> and Clint Eastwood is cutting yeah. her hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. OK, sure. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say about this film? Because I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, my, my uh, podcast vehicle is smashed up and out of gas. Uh, what do you think about Roy Scheider in this movie? He's that's the biggest surprise. He is just a guy. 
I actually thought that he would be a presence that they would be like a real like when I saw that I'm like oh this is gonna be a fun buddy cop and he's gonna be like a real foil to like it but no they're just he's just uh it feels like Gene Hackman's sidekick yeah except for like if he was like like, a real sidekick he would be in more of the movie yeah in the way that like Miller's sidekick feels like Miller's sidekick in the expanse right like he's at Havelock is in it for like two minutes and yeah and then that's kind of it yeah 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 i was i was shocked that he wasn't uh, a bigger part of the movie for sure me too me too um he was nominated for an uh, academy award for best supporting actor did not win it get the fuck out of here what i look i think this i, I, I definitely see why this movie is highly regarded i was a little blown away by how much oscar gold was thrown at this movie it won five five oscars uh, best picture, best actor in a leading role for Gene Hackman, best director for William Friedkin, best adapted screenplay and best film editing and was nominated for three more. Roy Scheider did not win one of those three. And it gets in again. It's, it's a it's a great film. I, 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 I'm not trying to say it's not. I'm just like, man, it felt like one of those of the moment films where it's like this war on drugs was really uh, um new and this was a grittier a little bit more cynical take on it um i met maybe the violence was shocking too like that lady getting murdered in broad daylight by a sniper uh the vehicular violence um mm-hmm. someone gets shot in the face and again they had the red yeah. play-doh blood but like his whole face gets, gets covered like it i thought that was you know pretty shocking for the time too um yeah i mean yeah just uh like when when was psycho made Oh, like 60? Oh, no, it's later than I thought it was, isn't it? It's 1960, but like, isn't 60, it kind of yeah. wild that 11 years before this, the amount of blood in Psycho was such that like one of the reasons that Hitchcock shot it in black and white is because he thought it would be too shocking and offensive. Yeah. And in this movie, someone gets shot in the face, face covered. And again, it's, it's not, it's just interesting how, you know, we always talk about in terms of America, how like comfortable you are with like gratuitous violence, but we're uncomfortable with sex. Mm-hmm. That's a really m- recent phenomenon. Like that started like in it. like the set the, in the seventies, and like has gone light. And it, and you know, obviously the sex side hasn't kept up. But like we were kind of like prudish in general until sixties, late sixties, early seventies, and it was Katie Bar the door. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, but it's rated except R, for so you can get away full, with ma- full frontal male nudity. That's still pretty pretty tabuist tabuist boo. Yeah, Hackman has yet to do that. I'm hoping 92 will be the year. That 92, he the year of the dong. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all I have to say about this movie. I I was not as impressed. I've seen things like The Departed, right? The Departed's cat and mouse game is so much yeah. better than this movie. But yeah, and it's a better it's looking film. 50 years later, and, like what do I, what and, I want? And that, that's the thing is like this is a dreary film. It's not very colorful. It's filmed uh, in the winter of New York. So everything's kind of dull and gray and people are huddled in and that's kind of suits the aesthetic. Um, so it's not a very pretty film, but like you said, the kinetic nature, like the way they yeah. do the filming of the foot chases where it's like one second of like just like it looks like Gene Hackman running at the speed of light because the background, the camera's locked on him and the background's just flying by cut to the who he's chasing every second is cut back and forth back and forth to the beat it, it's it got and and some of the scenes of him again like rushing through uh i don't even know how they do a dolly tracking shot so smooth through that crowded of a, a subway like they must have had the people just part in like the red sea behind the guy 
racing yeah. backwards at the camera. But it gives you it really like even from foot chase to car chase to train chase, they use these techniques that just make it seem like this is just runaway you know, train of a movie. And I think it's worth it for that. And I think you also get a good kick out of it if you're a Breaking Bad fan. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, this is one of those movies that like his pedigree is so high and it's so highly spoken of. I think I got too excited for it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh boy, this is going to be good, and it was just, and it is good, but it's just, it's aged. It's an old movie. Yeah, I don't, feels, I don't think it's it great like it. in the way that some of the other um, movies of that era that we've watched have been, like a Psycho. Um, yeah, right. Like I like that Hitchcock stuff that's, that's held uh-huh. up so well, even if there's some fuddy duddy filming techniques and stuff. The core of it, and maybe that's the thing is like this is just, um, yeah like it's it's hard to say something new about the war on drugs 50 60 years on and this movie is one of the very first kind of <clears throat> are we sure we're doing this right and like goddamn, yeah. it's, it's a trip watching it 50 years on uh all right french connection well you know i'd love to tell you what we're going to be doing next but uh we've recently turned this over to more capable hands selecting the prestige film uh what we're doing now is if you are an executive producer level patron you have the opportunity to vote on which uh, com- uh, which podcast we're going to do for the pr- prestige feeds for now uh, next week. It's not it's not like a totally open vote. Jim and I are going to select from a list of movies like three that we would be interested in doing, and then we're going to present them on a vote uh, on patreon.com slash bald move. Jim, what are the three movies people are voting on this week? Uh, we, we've got a stellar selection here. You get to vote on Twister, which I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But Twister, Fargo, and a Cows. time to kill. Cows. Cows? There's cows. In Fargo? Probably, yeah. Probably, but definitely in Twister. <laughs> Probably not a time to kill. Twister, Fargo, and a time to kill. Those are your choices. If you're an executive producer or want to be an executive producer uh, uh, up in Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash bald move and vote. And uh, we'll do the podcast. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.